What is up, basketball fans? This is Zero Gravity, Apollo Media's NBA podcast brought to you by Big City Wings, Houston's wing joint, Apollo's wing joint. Go check them out for their daily specials. They've got awesome wings, awesome drinks, awesome people. Shout out to Big City Wings. And shout out to Celebrity Mint. Go check out CelebrityMint.com to see their graded legal tender collectibles of Mike Tyson, Ric Flair, and more. CelebrityMint.com, at the Celebrity Mint on social media. Thank you all for sponsoring this episode. I am joined by the What We Learned Houston Rockets edition king, Josh Garcia. How are we doing? Good, man. Post All-Star break vibes. I was watching uh, Hella College Basketball this week. Mm-hmm. Rob Dillingham, crazy aura, uh, top to bottom. I don't know if you saw the NBA shot that he made that should have been the game winner, but broken play stupid stupid sec basketball is awesome you can attest to it as much as i can dude we're back now the real basketball's here now we get to see stars aura energy vibes rockets lose by 25 Mm -hmm. come on Mm -hmm. give it to me man how how we feeling i'm good i watched some college basketball last night as well uh mississippi state played against ole miss the old egg bowl basketball bowl oh yeah um and it was great. Chris Beard, if you don't know who he was, he was the University of Texas head coach and allegedly beat his wife, went to jail for it, neither here nor there. Yikes. He's the Ole Miss head coach now. Um, so we we chanted a felon and wife beater at Chris Beard last night and route to a win against Ole Miss. So I oh, had man. a great time. I'm feeling I'm on cloud nine uh, as of right now. Unless the Mavericks lose this game to the Suns, then I'll be brought just below Earth. I'll be put six feet in the ground. But oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. Basketball is really back now. We got primetime games, got TNT going. It's good. I'm loving it. Every minute, every minute that we miss basketball, I was watching spring training baseball today, eight runs in the first inning uh, by L.A., super team vibes. Yeah, man, I was really trying to grasp at straws for for tonight, but then it really hit me. Uh, We we got some golden content by Kevin Durant, of all people, uh, which he's no stranger uh, to any of that. Uh, What I noticed in that video, of course, this is we're recording this pretty much right after it happened. Yes. These grown grown. When I say grown, I mean gray. Old. grown old people yes one a wife Weathered as well oh, sure sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> they had no business being that close to the court i don't know what was up with their vibe uh, the central texas sun you know yeah. it does it to you. yeah man yeah uh the first thing i noticed in that video and if you don't know what i'm talking about you can find this on twitter very very accessible i've seen it probably 10 times in the past hour uh yeah for for context for the listener if you're not active on social media then you didn't really see this probably because it's not being tweeted out by espn for the mavericks and suns game in dallas tonight thursday february 22nd um kd walks out on runs out on the court and two fans a couple seemingly maybe brother and sister cousins i don't know what they are but a man and a woman that are much older uh one of them yelled bitch at uh kevin durant which valid um <laughs> just throwing it back to 2016 there you know oh um, yeah with the Never great song. um they called him a bitch and he ran over to him and started jawing at him basically and the woman like held out her hand trying to dap him up like didn't see a dap up coming cornball that. So that was the context that happened pre-game today between phoenix and dallas and it seems like every time they play a game in Dallas, uh, there's going to be th- someone thrown out of the game. They were thrown out, and then Kevin Durant went to the security guard and made sure they didn't get thrown out. So, yeah, kudos to KD. 
yeah, classy vibes on his end. I, I noticed from the beginning it it was it was a peak kind of example of a fan just berating a player, and then as soon as the player finally, for whatever reason, notices, runs over, or just even notices in the crowd, the immediate switch up. What 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 what, what hits my brain is the Russell Westbrook, the the yes. Philly guy, just fuck you, you know, to the face, mm-hmm. and Russell just not backing down, and the fan kind of quivering back a little bit uh th- this happens way too much in in any of our leagues and yeah you know i don't I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and be like oh it's bad for the sport but you know anyone screaming at another grown man who is no matter how much we hate kevin durant this kevin durant's in the right here you you can't look oh. at this and be like and be like oh you know Ke- kevin kevin durant's a bitch anyway i'll say it to his face like dude grown men doing this in real life is so much different than the internet that's why katie's tweets are so funny because he knows yeah. that none of this would happen in, in real life. And for it to just slip through the cracks and actually happen in real life, especially by these people, oof, bad look for Dallas for sure. Sorry about that, brother. No, as the uh, great poet uh, Aubrey Graham once wrote, uh, Twitter fingers turned to tr- trigger fingers. Trigger yes. Fingers turned to Twitter yeah, fingers. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Nailed it. Yeah, this was real life Twitter being played out. It's like, <laughs> except for the apology and the switch up. Like, that doesn't happen on Twitter. So you can't hide behind your screen. You can't hide behind your phone. Um, yeah, chirp all you want, but, like, don't call him a bitch. Well, out <laughs> like, of the gate, too. Like, yeah. I get if you're in a conversation, but just th- there was no words exchanged. It was one word being said by one person without – at least say hi, hello. Like, what are we doing here? Where's the where's the, where, where's the cords up, on bitch? this? I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Hey, bitch. Yeah. That would have been bitch? better. <laughs> Let's go, yeah. bitch. Rough look for Dallas fans. Uh, that is the nature of Dallas, Texas fandom, the DFW area. These people are crazy, um, just moronic sometimes. I, I don't associate myself with those people, but I'm yeah. not a full-on Dallas fan. I got, I got the Mavs and the Stars. I only got half the town, so I don't have to worry exactly. about the Rangers. The Cowboys, the Cowboys fans are terrible. The Awful. worst, dude. They fight each other. They fight everybody else. <laughs> They'll yell at you. They'll say mean things on the way into the stadium. Personal experience from 2019. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's the de- nature of Dallas fans, and there's a lot of bad. There's a lot yeah. of bad ones. So there's a lot yeah. of good ones. So yeah, man. Um, yeah, kudos to KD. He did the right thing in that situation. Oh but yeah. Let's move on to some more beef in the NBA from retired players and a current coach. Uh, <laughs> so Pat Bev clapped back at JJ Redick for JJ Redick saying that Doc Rivers is not held like he doesn't hold himself accountable. Like he he just makes excuses for everything. And JJ Redick played for Doc Rivers for four seasons, I believe. Um, Pat Bev then claps back and says, "He revived your career. You shouldn't have been starting in the, that game seven anyway, or game six, whatever it was. Harden cooked you." Which, as JJ Redick then pulls out the receipts, he goes and gets the efficiency <laughs> stats. He gets the, the shot attempts and everything guarded by JJ on James Harden and James Harden shot like 33% or 31% field goal percentage. Yeah, so yeah. Not, not good. A, yeah, no. It's J.J. Redick. And J.J. Redick, <laughs> even if he couldn't make a basket in the series, he played great defense. Yes, <laughs> yes. So Hang he your had hat. to back him up, um, which is funny because J.J. Redick is a very analytical-driven person, uh, basketball player in that sense. Like If you've listened to his podcast, he'll talk about his like routine that he would do every single day with all the free throws and all the three-point shots. Like I can't even remember what the – the number is it's like three three two or three two three something like that. But that's how his brain works, and he called out Doc Rivers after playing for him, 
and seeing what happened to him in LA, seeing what happened to him in Boston beforehand and then in Philadelphia <laughs> and now in Milwaukee, he's just making excuses everywhere, but not being held accountable. And sure, Doc Rivers has a NBA championship. Um, I will credit that to Kevin Garnett after learning how fraudulent Doc Rivers has been over the years. <laughs> so, there it is. Yeah. Uh, I think JJ's in the right, but maybe his delivery wasn't right on ESPN on first take, I believe is what the show was. So, um, I think people were up in arms and then Austin Rivers gets in there from not the top row. His dad. Not, not defending his dad is what he led off with in his three and a half minute monologue about JJ Reddick more so than doc. I don't really know, but he defended his dad the entire time. Even though he said he wasn't going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime anyone says, uh, not going to do this, but they absolutely will proceed to do the thing that they said they weren't going to do. Yeah, uh, he said he's, he's a grown man. He can speak for himself. <laughs> and then he spoke for him for 33 seconds. Oh, well, my God. 33 seconds. I love, I love contradictory basketball players. Um, Good stuff. Yeah. Doc, Doc Rivers. And, and of course, this is a, this is a four man kind of, there's a bunch of material we can go off of here. Yeah. Immediately off the rip. Patrick Beverly, you just know that now that he's in the media game as a current oh, yeah. player, it's you know it's immediately driven for clicks. And J.J. Reddick actually posed a great point. He was like, I was breaking down film for X amount of minutes. I think he said like 30 minutes or so. And that got 54,000 views. But then first day, whenever I dropped XYZ video, it got over a million. And mm -hmm. it, really, it really showed to me, you know, of course, everybody knows this is a drama-filled, ridden league. Every sports league is like that. But really seeing it kind of immediately developed from the start of this all happening and kind of i guess there wasn't really a finish to it i guess there was it depends how you look at it but from start to finish just you 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 feel like it's almost manufactured drama especially during the break of from the all-star game i mean it's it, it's clear that something and someone was going to benefit from this those people being the player the ex-player the mm -hmm. the coach and the ex-player i mean doc rivers you, you can look like i said you can look at this from so many different ways but my immediate takeaway from this is Doc Rivers is a fucking fraud. You can <laughs> you yeah. can look at you can look at how great JJ was. Not of course he wasn't the greatest player in the world, but when you look at the roles that he filled, when you look at the money he made, when you look at how efficient he was, and like you said, how how analytically driven he was, dude, the results speak for themselves. Pat Bev just is a fucking dog and will clap the court or, or slap the wood on the court in sixth grade basketball. It doesn't it doesn't matter who he plays. I mean. I don't know, man. JJ Redick is really, really just on one. He's on a crazy run right now. And I he feel is. bad that he is, that he's, I hate to say getting targeted with shit like this, but you know, I hate Duke. You love Duke, but we can look, we can both look at this objectively and be like, dude, JJ Redick knows what the fuck he's talking about. And he has the, he has the stats to back it up. So mm -hmm. I don't see why we're going to sit here and manufacture clicks, manufacture headlines for the NBA central brick muse, all these bullshit yeah. Twitter accounts that have nothing to gain, you know, or have, have no, you know, direct access to the NBA other than what we see and what we know. I, it, mm -hmm. It's a media circus media cycle. And it's really sad that, like I said, nobody really benefits from this. It's weird. It's weird. No, it's not a yeah, yeah. though. great player. Yeah. I was going to mention that I'm a Duke guy. JJ Reddick was my first favorite player, like college basketball growing up, you know, yeah, yeah. as a guy. But like, <laughs> I wanted to say that JJ Reddick might be the the best media personality that we could have ever hoped for yes. in the NBA because he is so analytically driven. He's numbers driven. He understands the game. He made, I think, like $110, $125 million in his career, like nine digit player, dude, for yeah. his career. He, he, <laughs> He played a long time, obviously, but he played for some really good teams and he played some really good roles. So, um, 
him having the understanding and the knowledge of the game that he does while having played the game and then being able to deliver it to fans that are fans of the game. Because you don't, he said it, I saw a clip today and he, he was talking about the reaction and all of the hoopla, everything about the viral clips. And he was saying that he understands that it's done for clicks, but when he does, when he reacts like that, when he raises his voice, when he gets into it with people, it's because he's passionate about it. It's because he's lived it. It's because he wants the viewer and the listener and the consumer of NBA basketball to know more about the game in a deeper level from understanding fundamentals to like all the terms he uses with players. I'm just like, this is crazy. I had no idea like what yeah. he called these things. Like he's Luca great. different terms and JJ knew all of them. God. They're all not, they're all team centric. So it's like, obviously JJ played in Dallas, but different coach and different time. But yeah, I, I think JJ is the best media personality to have because of the yeah. knowledge he has and the delivery. He's entertaining. He can be funny sometimes. I know he's nerdy and corny sometimes as well, but, yeah. but he has the ability to connect to an average NBA viewer or a diehard like us where we're having league pass on every night. So yeah, yeah. I hey, love JJ. He's a, he's a five tool media guy. He's he's really got it all. Like you said, he can be corny, nerdy, funny. You know, he knows his shit. Mm-hmm. And this is all we want out of sports. You know, not analytics per se, but sports. You know, analysis. You know, we don't want as much as people love Stephen A. As much as people love even well, I would say love. I wouldn't say love Kendrick Perkins. They get clicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more so reaction driven. It's more. And and he even said it on first take. He's like, "Why are we arguing? Why are we screaming at each other?" Like, what are we doing? So it, 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 all, it always will be a breath of fresh air. And seeing the young, I hate to say younger generation of retired players, like, because you have two sides of, of the same coin where, you know, Chandler Parsons doesn't even know that the Nets don't have their own draft pick this year. And you have J.J. Redick who can talk your ear off and be incredibly smart about basketball for an hour, two hours, have incredible guests, have incredible pull, leeway within the game, you know, post-playing career. But it just makes me wonder, you know, What's going to be this next generation of retired guys? You see Jamal Crawford getting some sideline action at the All-Star game. You're seeing him get, a, I think, inside the NBA postgame whenever a, you know Shaq, Chuck, Ernie, all that uh, aren't on. So it, it is good to see people kind of make that transition. But I feel like it's just as cutthroat as the actual league itself is because you're so – words are one thing. Playing a game is another. But they, they can kind of be, you know – put together every once in a while when you when you see the you know millions of people watching your whatever you have to say you're gonna get judged just like how you are in a game but it really it like i said it just it, it makes me happy it makes me you know hopeful for the future generation of retired guys and i just you know fuck fuck pat bev is a current guy and i love him he rocket legend but it's very clear especially since he's with barstool now and he's been with them for a while he's falling into that kind of trap of Okay, we're gonna do some caption videos. We're gonna do clicks. We're gonna be on the TikTok. It, it, it's all just money grab, money grab, money grab. And I'm not saying JJ Redick isn't, but at least the way he goes about it is much smarter, much more concise, much more clear. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I do think the way Pat Bev is on the podcast, the way he is when he's grabbing the mic after a game and say subscribe to the pod. I, I just think that's who Pat Bev is. So it's not True. necessarily disingenuous. It's just kind of how he works and how his brain works and how he acts and whatever. Right. Um, JJ Reddick does the exact same thing. They just have different brains. They have different ways of going about it. Um, I don't know. I, I think Pat Bev's the, the class clown, if you will. 
Sure. Like I, in, I, I like high that. school or whatever. He's the funniest kid in the room. Like he's always going to be talking like all that kind of stuff. And JJ's the nerd studying. Yeah. All this stuff. That's <laughs> yeah. just who they are. And I think that's fine. Yeah. The funniest kids are usually the loudest. You know yes. what I mean? So when I, when I think of Pat Bev, I think of, you know, the Belt to Ass tour, of course, that's an incredible tagline, but um, yeah. really got to find out who created that. If it was Pat Bev or somebody else at Barstool or whoever was in his ear, that was great. I love that. But, you know, you, you have these loud guys and these funny guys who will always be there in that moment where you need them. But it's nice to kind of chill out a little bit, you know, kind of understand what you're consuming, especially on a basketball level. I really yeah. love seeing – and I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I watch every – or listen to every JJ podcast. But when I do see him on socials or sometimes on TV, whatever the case may be, I, I do kind of have more of a perked-up ear because I feel like I'll learn something that day. And, you know, I – Everybody loves a funny, silly guy, but dude, I want to, I want to learn some shit sometimes, you know, and JJ is yeah. great for that, you know? Yeah. And he's good for the ones that don't care to learn as well. They can just sure. skip over that part and go to the next yeah. part. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, efficient, efficient on the, on the court and off the court. Yeah. The, the all-star break post all-star. I like There that. had to be something. Yeah. Yeah. There had yeah. to be something to talk about in the of NBA. Course. And of course, just so happened to be on ESPN. It wasn't just like a, a rumor that leaked out or anything. JJ, right? right. Just like, here's what happened. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we're post All Star break. Games are happening right now, Thursday, February twenty second. When we're recording this, let's do our top five teams that we believe in, contenders, the ones that we think have the chance to be in the conference finals or in the finals in whatever order you want to do it i have it in my order i'll start from five to one i don't i don't know if you did an order but yeah i i, I i'm kind of just going off uh vibes here i okay. what i what i really and and by all means i'll i'll kick it off let me tell you uh all right when i i'm not gonna go order here but i'm gonna go off vibes and when i think of the top five vibes and top five real contenders in the league la the clippers have got to be in that conversation mm-hmm I mean, I'm not going to uh, – if everyone can just stay healthy and everyone – and, of course, this is the biggest cope. Anyone can all anyone can say this. But when you really look at that lineup and you see how Harden and Zubox have just perfected the pick-and-roll game, dude, yep. miles ahead of, of anybody else when I think of an elite center. And it's weird because he's always been good. Zubox has always been good. Yeah. But when you really, when you really get down to the nitty-gritty, dude – he can he can um, elevate. He can't carry a team at all. No, he can elevate. Very and, and and when I think of outside of the three four main guys, let's say Westbrook included. You know why not? Zubas is just next level, dude. He's gonna be the he's gonna be the guy that elevates them to a Western Conference Finals appearance. He's he's uh, who who knows even a Finals appearance. But give me L A number five here uh, and keep it pushing. Let me know what you think. Yeah, I've got the Clippers at three on Ooh. my list. Ooh. Um, as long as they're healthy, man. Yeah, Even if yeah. they lose James Harden, it's like, okay. Like, sure, you're going to miss that ball handling, the pick and roll game, the scoring ability, all that kind of stuff. Um, all right, Russell Westbrook, you're up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's not the worst. <laughs> not at Kawhi, all. If Kawhi goes down. I think if Kawhi goes down, that's when the boat sinks. I yeah. think you can lose either or of pg and harden and still yeah. probably make it to the western conference finals it, trouble in Depending paradise on reason, yeah but. definitely definitely trouble in paradise if one of those guys goes down for sure yep uh so yeah i had him at three I'll, I'll give you my five um homer pick obviously with the dallas mavericks <laughs> love it love it um <laughs> tim legler had him at number four on his wow. today on ESPN. 
So he he's very high on post trade deadline. Love it, Dallas Mavericks. So. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I you know as much as I want to sit here and it, I want to go Cleveland here as much as I want to sit here and just you know okay. imagine fake fantasies where. Cleveland and Milwaukee get into the most grimy, gritty seven-game Eastern Conference Final. I can't help but not put Cleveland at, at four here. I mean, of course, like I said, there is no real order here. I w- if if you put the Clippers and the and the Cavs in a seven-game series, the Clippers win in six, maybe seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me Cleveland here. I just the size, the the, the vibes. It. I'd say almost it's an auraless team, but because you have no aura, you know what I mean. Everybody yeah. clicks. Everybody works together. And I did see a great tweet, which kind of reminded me of the James Harden trade. Jared Allen went to Cleveland for next to nothing, a first-round pick, a singular yeah. first-round pick, and he's ended up being a top seven, top eight center in the league. You need exactly that if you want to make it to the next level, and Cleveland, Cleveland's got it. And didn't he – had he signed his contract in Brooklyn yet? I don't know. was he about I think, to? I think, I think as soon as he got to Cleveland, he signed it. He got the extension. Yeah, okay. he got that extension. Yeah, no, I – I like Cleveland. I just watched them in the playoffs last year, though. Get just murdered by Jalen Brunson. Yeah, yeah. On a Knicks team that's not nearly as good as this year's Knicks team. Exactly. Yeah. No, they're missing Randall and OG, but um, I don't have a lot of faith in Cleveland when it comes to the playoffs. I've watched Donovan Mitchell for three years now, just get torched (laughs) by Jalen Brunson. It's like that, man. Uh, You know, you're you're gonna have teams, and especially this is more of a Minnesota. OKC kind of vibe. I want to say that Cleveland was that, uh, the okay. Minnesota OKC vibe for last year. Give them the experience. Give them Mobley. Give Mobley more experience, dude. Like the size on that squad, the vibes on that squad. Great starting five. Just sick all around. Gorgas Niang has given you 10 points a game. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Great guys off the bench. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking Cleveland, you know, in a weaker East. I'll give you my number three, Boston here. Uh, you know, okay. I yeah, yeah. There, what else needs to be said about Boston? It makes me wonder. You know, how the fuck did the Warriors go seventy three and nine? You know what I mean? When you see how yeah. good this Boston team is, you're just like, oh, this is the best team in the league, and it's not even close. Holy yeah. shit, man! Holy the, shit! The seventy three and nine team is just God. crack cocaine. God, you're just watching like you knew they were gonna win almost every night, but nine. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> every single night, but nine games, nine nights. Jesus. They yeah. were just like, ah, we had an off game. We're never going to see that again, dude. It's like an MLB team winning 135. Like, what are we talking about? No, yeah. I mean, anything over 110 is still fucking stupid. When the oh, Astros yeah. did, when they had 110, it's just like, we couldn't lose. <laughs> and they lost 52 times. Oh, my God. Um, what a squad. So I have Boston at two. Yeah. Best team in the league, technically. I, I They're not my number one. I'm, they're my number two. But uh, sure, yeah, they're they're incredible. They're deep. Uh, I think the coaching has been still kind of a problem in the fourth quarter. Um, Bill Simmons talks about it all the time. He's not a homer, but a homer, and will somehow interweave Boston Celtics talk into every single podcast. Of course, if he doesn't got have to. a podcast tomorrow. I might ship myself to LA and knock on his door and be like, "Hey, <laughs> like you had a whole week and a half off. What are we doing?" Um, Come on. But he says in the third, first through three quarters, they're driving to the hoop, they're dishing out, they put tough layups up, they'll get dunks, they'll do all that, and in the fourth quarter, they only settle for threes. Yeah, like yeah. something happens in their brains, and they're just like, "Oh, got to put it up." Yeah. So that's it. a coaching problem. That's a team problem. So a um, little bit of an issue there, but yeah, they're stacked. They're just they've got all stars. They've got 
people that should be all-stars or could be all-stars, like just all over the team. They're yeah. incredible. And Derek White, you know, the all-star agenda. JJ, yeah. you'll never be forgiven for that. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. My number four, I have Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with it. I can't count Giannis and Dame out. Like, I understand it hasn't worked yet. And I understand that Doc Rivers uh, hasn't been good yet. Um, but Giannis and Dame, two incredible players. Giannis can carry you through playoff series. Dame could carry you through a couple of uh, playoff series, depending on the matchups and everything. So when you have two of those guys on the court, um, when you can have two of the top three, maybe top four in Dame's case, like on the court at all times, pretty it's good. Pretty, yeah, pretty hard to lose, but we've we've seen it happen plenty this year. It's going to be a kind of a kind of a playoff heat vibe where um, they don't play great during the regular season. That this is all that the team is kind of wearing up to be is just a fifty win team, maybe forty eight, and just absolutely yeah. runs through the East. So I, I was going to go Milwaukee here as well. So I'll just kind of piggyback off you, man. Like. If Dame can just shoot 43, 44%. Yeah. If Giannis, if Giannis can, I mean, Giannis is never going to get a bag per se. If he can make his free throws, make two threes a game, two or three, that's it. That's it. I know he, whenever I see, oh my God, whenever I see him and he's trying to heat check himself, even though he's only made like one three again, it's bad. It's real bad. It's gross. If they, if yeah. they can work out the nooks and crannies. Four to five threes a game from Giannis. Jesus Christ. Jesus. If they can work out the nooks and crannies, that squad is going to be undefeatable in, in, in the East, especially. Uh, I, I'll, I'll wrap it up here. I mean, I'm sure this might be your number one, too, but give me Denver. Give me Denver. Yep. yep. That's it. That's My it. number one. What, yeah. what, what uh, else needs to be said? Yeah, defending champs, and they don't care about where they have to play at all. Mm-mm. They just don't. <laughs> they're, they're still deep. Still got Jokic. Still got Murray. As long as they're healthy, um, which we haven't really seen Jokic go out with injuries yet, so it's mainly no. just Murray. Um, they can survive without everything else, basically. If they have those two guys, they're incredible. Yeah, defending champs, they've done it now. They they've could have done it before if they hadn't run into some hot teams in the playoffs. But, right, yeah, they're, they have the best player in the world. They're the defending champs. For How could you not put them number one? No. Yeah, even if they're number four or five, whatever they are in the West – it's not going to matter come playoff time as long as they get. I'd love to see them get you know one, uh, you know home court advantage series. But if they got to go play in some Minnesota or OKC, that doesn't even sound right for a for a Western Conference title. Give me Denver in six. I don't care who they play. I mean that you're you're facing young, inexperienced. I hate to call Minnesota young because they're really not. But you're playing you're you're playing inexperienced teams. You know, uh, like I said, OKC and Minnesota are going to be kind of a. 2022 2023 uh cleveland vibe you're gonna see maybe a one playoff series win between the two of them maybe two i'm not seeing i'm not seeing a deep situation with okc or minnesota and there's no reason you 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 shouldn't be able to put denver as your number one no matter what the seating is you know yeah i just keep thinking about an okc dallas first round matchup (sighs) licking my chops Two seven, Ooh, just need it. My chops, but I'd <laughs> rather have a top six seed. I don't want to have to go to the play in. Doesn't sound appealing to me. No. So yeah, um, my five were Dallas, Milwaukee, Clippers, Boston, Denver. Love it, love it. Uh, I tried to make it as even as I could with the East and the West here, but when you have just such a good West, you know, L.A., Denver, you know, you have uh, even OKC in Minnesota. Like I just, even though I just shit on them, you have great teams at the moment. You have great teams right now. You have Phoenix. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! That top ten in the West is nuts. But it's I mean, 
I mean, Milwaukee could do something, you know, Philly might be able to do something. Boston for sure at this point should be able to do something. Yeah. Tatum was born into a weird situation and I think they talked about it a little bit on All-Star Saturday night. You kind of have those immediate expectations, especially being in Boston, the city of quote-unquote winners, which can't disagree with, can't disagree with. Right. But but when you're in that kind of, I'd almost say unfair scenario, being drafted so high, being blessed with so much talent and and coaching, so much team talent around you and only making the finals, I mean, dude, it's not good. It's not, not good, man. Yeah couple of eastern conference finals right finals appearance yeah it's just and they could have won that golden state series they just didn't win enough games in the beginning and it was, nope. it was over because turns it on and andrew wiggins was a top 15 player in the world for a series like i mean what can you <laughs> oh, do what can oh, you man. do it's oh, unfortunate people forget dude andrew wiggins that that series went the fuck off got a hundred and what 125 130 million because of it incredible bag stealer finesser good for him yeah good for him love it (laughs) but yeah that's the top five uh what we think contenders are going to be heading into the last part of the season and we'll be down to 25 30 games uh 20 almost 30 games yeah 28 nitty gritty Uh, dallas can win 50 games i just know it sure sure love it manifest it feel it they have to go like 18 and 9 that's Doable. It's doable. But two uh, wins for every loss, you know? Yeah. Uh, If your Rockets weren't like useless tonight, I know. But whatever. I know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. NBA's back. We're excited. We'll have some more stuff to talk about over the weekend. Sure. Something will happen. Maybe KD will yell at another fan. It'll be great. Yes. Um, (laughs) Love it. This has been Zero Gravity, Paul Media's NBA podcast brought to you by Big City Wings. Shout out to Big City Wings and shout out to Celebrity Met. Go see their stuff at celebritymet.com for more. It's been Zero Gravity, Paul Media's NBA podcast.